Okay, so this year we're going to start Be'ez Hashem, the third chapter of the Nefesh HaChayim. Now, the truth is, that this needs a bit of an introduction, on a few different reasons. Maybe this is the most difficult level of the Nefesh HaChayim to learn, most difficult concepts to explain. So first, let's take a step backwards and try and understand the context of what Nefesh HaChayim is trying to do. We saw that the first Shara Nefesh HaChayim which explains at length the effects of the mice of a person and how what a person does affects the world, affects the spiritual world, affects his Eilim Every mice, every thought, every word is tremendously important. The second Shara Nefesh HaChayim which we learned the Shara Tefillah. How davening isn't just a way of asking for what we need where davening is really connecting to Knal Yisrael, connecting to the Malchus of Hashem. How everything we request is really part of an Avodah. And how by davening we're bringing down the Bracha to the whole world. Like we saw, that the mm-hmm. concept of Baruch is that the response to our Avodah in Tefillah, or what we're elevating in Tefillah, is the Bracha which will come down to the world. So if you call the first Shire of Nefesh Shachayim, the Shire of understanding mitzvahs of Maisei Adam, the second Shire of Nefesh Shachayim would really be the Shire of Tefillah. And just to jump for a moment, it's famous that the fourth Shire of Nefesh Shachayim, which is still going to get to Be'ezer Hashem, is called Shire Torah. The value of Torah, the Kedusha of Torah, what happens when a person learns Torah, the Ruchness of Torah, that's all the fourth level, the, the fourth uh, so to speak, section of Nefeshachai, And if that's the case, what would we define the third Shara, which we're going to start today by as Hashem is being? What's the concept that the Nefeshachai is trying to explain? And the reason why it's a question is because a lot of what he's going to talk about seems to be things which are based on Kabbalah, things to be things which are much more Ruchni. What's the point of the Shara? What's the Nefeshachai trying to develop in us, basically, when we learn the Shara? And it's important to ask that because that will shape the focus of what we're meant to be looking at and understanding when we go through the Shara. And therefore I venture to call the Shara Shlishi of Nefeshachayim the Shara Emunah. The Shara of Emunah. He's going to explain Emunah, he's going to explain how we understand concepts relating to Hashem on a much deeper, much more spiritual way. But the point of it is therefore to understand better what it means um, our Emunah, what it means our Bitochim. Now, the second introduction I want to talk about is that there are really two ways to learn this part of the Nefesh HaChayim. And the reason is, like I'm reminding the Tzibur here, the audience of what we spoke about right at the beginning of the Sefer, and that is, on the one hand, the Nefesh HaChayim was written to clarify and elucidate principles of Yiddishkeit based on the Rizal and based on the Kabbalah. But there was a second motivation in writing Nefesh HaChayim as well. And that was to argue with points where Nefesh HaChayim felt that the Hasidim had either understood wrong or were acting wrong. And therefore it was meant to be a polemic as well, disagreeing with some of the concepts that they understood or that they uh, were taught. And Nefesh HaChayim as a student of the Vilnagon therefore felt that he wanted to relay the principles and the concepts of the Vilnagon, which a number of times were at odds with the way that the early Hasidic 
Svarim explain these things. And in some of the other Sharim, it's less obvious exactly what the points that the Nefesh Chaim was coming to disagree with and uh, what the differences of opinion were. When it comes to this Shar, so it's quite clear what the Nefesh Chaim is coming to argue with. And therefore, there are really two ways one could learn Shar Shlishi. One could learn it just from the point of view of the Nefesh Chaim and try and understand as best we can the concept he's trying to explain, which is also something because he's a very deep and difficult concept to understand properly. Or one could see this in the context of the argument with the Baratanya. And therefore to see two sides of the coin. And that is the the quotes from Chazal or from the Zayar or whatever it's going to be that he's going to elucidate are really coming to disagree with the way that the Baratanya explains the same sources of Chazal, the same quotes of the Zayar. And therefore one could either understand it as part of the dialogue, as part of a discussion, a disagreement of understand of presenting two different ways of understanding or one could focus just on the Nefesh Chaim's approach and work with how he understood without necessarily detailing what the other option was okay so therefore let's start the share with uh, both of these points in mind and now he's going to start like this with an introduction his introduction to Sharish Lishi and he says the Mashakas of Kandamaka when it comes to tefillah, so we saw that the lesson was the person has to direct their thoughts lamakum. Lamakum we translate as to Hashem, but accurately the word lamakum means to the place. Like it says in the mission avos, Don't make tefillah into something one person has to say as part of a routine. By rote, it should be an expression of request, of asking for Rachamim in front of the Makam. What do they mean, the Makam? They mean Hashem. So why is it called Makam? Ramses al-Batayvis Makam in Gadol. The reason why they're calling Hashem Makam, which literally means place in the context, they're coming to hint to us. There's a very deep concept over here. And therefore, we need to elaborate to understand the depth of what Chazal is saying. When a misfire cry Haramzimazi, not just in Lashon Chazal, we also have Sukkim in the Torah, which refer to Hashem as the Makam. For example, when it talks about Yaakov Avinu coming to Haram Maria on his journey to Haran, it says Vayifka Bamakam, which literally means he davened in the place, and the place would be Haram Maria. But there also Chazal explained the pasuk. Mayifka b'makam means he daven to Hashem. And there also Hashem is called makam. Now, before the Nevesh Chaim begins to explain the concept, he gives us a warning. And he says, That all the words of Chazal are like a fire. And that is, Just like you have a coal. If you look at a coal, it might be red hot inside, but if you look on the outside, you just see sparks maybe, which are coming off the coal. You don't see it as being that hot. But in Tasim if you're going to put effort into it, to turn it around, to use a bellows to blow it and therefore to uh, coax it into flames, the more you blow it, the more you stir it up, 
that spark inside of it is going to burst into flame and it's going to become a conflagration, a big fire. will all be full of flames. And then, the power of the fire, now that it has been stoked into a roaring blaze, is much more than, a, than just a hot coal. You can use it for light, you can use it for heat. But when you've done that and you've converted the coal into a strong, so to speak, flame, you can only benefit the negdo, which means next to it. You can't hold the coal. Now that it's burning hot, you'll burn yourself. Now that it's become a burning flame, a person needs to be careful. He's not going to get burnt. And uh, that's the marshal to Divrei Chazal. And what is he trying to say? Take this as the example to explain the words of Chachamim. Even though we find an expression of Chazal which seems to be something very straightforward, very simple. And we don't see depth, we don't see greatness necessary in the, the few words Chazal say. But it's like a hammer which causes the sparks to fly. And then the more a person examines them and explores them and thinks about them and expands on them, more and more he'll see the tremendous amounts of depth and meaning that are conveyed in those same few simple words. Basically, that he's able to transform a coal into a fire. The more that a person examines and explores words of Torah, the more meaning and the more depth you'll see in them. And it's not just talking about the Torah Shabbat Chzav, the Psukim, which are given to us by Hashem, it's talking about the words of Chazal as well, the Torah Shabbat Peh. Now we have to explain why it's like that. And that is, why did Chazal, so to speak, conceal the deep points that we're trying to convey in a way which a person has to examine them, explore them, develop them, in order to see the depth, the greatness, in order to appreciate the depth? And the answer is obvious. And that is the points which Chazal wanted the future generations to learn. But on the other hand, they were, they were scared that if everything that they wrote would fall into the hands of Kofrim, of non-Jews, of other religions, it could be the Chachma could be misused, could be distorted. And therefore, Chazal chose to transmit the secrets and the depth that they wanted to transmit in a way where it wasn't readily apparent what they meant. On the surface, it seems overly simplified. It doesn't seem to be something which is conveying great meaning. And it's only when a person applies himself to trying to understand exactly what Chazal was saying and the clue to teach him that there's more depth than what would have originally appeared to meet the eye is the fact that when a person looks at the words of Chazal, look closely and see that there's obviously something that they're trying to convey with the accuracy of the way they say something. That's the key to starting to explore Imam Chazal. And the more a person does that, the more a person will see meaning, will see depth, and will see a bit of the greatness that Chazal was trying to convey. But over here the Nefesh Chaim warns us that there's a danger in that. And that is that a person 
on one hand can stoke the coal and produce a flame, but the other the other problem is a person can get burnt by that flame. And therefore he says, Yeah, like Chazal say, we thought the simple pshat in admission was the Chachamim himself. Get close to the Chachamim and you'll benefit from the relationship with him, but be careful not to get too close that you don't do something disrespectful or that will defend the Chachamim and you'll get punished. Now we see it's talking about the words of Chazal too. means take the words of the Chachamim and stoke them into a flame. That way you'll be able to warm yourself, Kanegada. That way you'll be able to benefit from them more because you'll have, so to speak, seen beyond just the coal, which is the words that they gave us. You've seen, you've been able to ignite the fire which is behind their words. But if that's what the Mishnah means, then we have the second part of the Mishnah too. Be careful of the flame that you don't get burnt. That it doesn't lead a person to try and understand things or think about things which is beyond his ability to understand. Things which it says, there isn't permission to explore them further. Because if he does that, then he's going to get to a place which is wrong. Like he's going to explain, Warm yourselves against the fire of the Chachamim. The person thinks that that's the case, and I'm not going to even try and analyze what Chazal said and, and see the depth of it. If a person does that, he'll be left cold. He's not going to get anything from understanding Chazal. Why? Because if he's going to, if he's not going to try and explore and uncover, reveal the depth of what they said. The Kiloya Hanama doesn't benefit from the the or at all. But for Gamla Yaskaribasimidai. On the other hand, the person shouldn't become too close. Shalai Kavakana shouldn't get burnt. Rakmi Negit, Kamoshisam Achazev Zoibakalosikhove. And if that's the case, why is Nefshachan giving us this warning? Because specifically here we have to be careful. And that is if we're going to try and talk about concepts of Ruchnias. Concepts of understanding Hakadosh Baruch Hu, like we're going to do in this shahr, which is the shahr Emuna, to talk about understanding how as much as we can concepts which relate to Hashem. So here there's a danger, because on the one hand we want to understand more, but on the other hand there's a limit to what a person can understand, and trying to cross that barrier can get a person to get burnt, which means can get a person to make mistakes in understanding. Levels or concepts of emuna, concepts of understanding Hashem. And with that, Hakdami says, When it comes to the, describing Hashem as a makam, which already strikes us as why would Chazal use that terminology to describe Hashem? Why do you call Hashem a place? But that's already an opening for us to understand that there's another union of depth which Chazal are trying to convey to us, which we meant to be able to understand from the choice of the word they used. The reason why Hashem is called the Makam, we saw before, and it says when Yaakov came to Amaria, he davened in the place, on that the Chazal say, 
Why do we change the name from Hashem and call Him the place? Why do we call Hashem the place? He's the place of the world and not that the world is His place. So there we already see a Gideon in Chazal what the word Maka means. The Hashem is Makoyim Meshel Olam. Similarly, Vashmei Sraba, Watan Choma, when Hashem tells Moshe that He's going to show him His godless, so He says to Moshe that come on the rock and you will see, so to speak, a vision of the greatness of Hashem. But the Pasuk says, Vayem Hashem, Hinei Makomiti, there's a place in me. And then that Chazal also say, Am Rabbi Shobin Chananya, Asrit Fedeli, Ve'enani Kafal Asri. The place is tafel to me, I'm not tafel to the place. Which means, place is in Hashem. He is the Makom, and not the other way around. Now what does it mean? What does it mean that Hashem is a Makom? Hashem is a place. So the simple Pshat is, Mephi Pshatay, the simple Pshat, what it means is, a place is there to hold whatever's on it. Without, without some, so to speak, something to hold it up, things would fall. And therefore the place is the concept which provides the basis to support whatever's on that place. So if the place would be a table, whatever's on the table is being held up by the place. The place that's on is on the table. If the place would be the floor, Whatever's on it is being supported by the places on it, is the floor. And if that's the case, if you're going to talk in those terminology, then to say Hashem is Makoimish Olam, it means what's holding up the world. What's giving it the ability to exist is Hashem. He's, so to speak, supporting it. If that's the case, Hashem would be the place which is holding up the entire universe. And that means that if for one second Hashem would stop holding up the world, then they don't have a place, they don't have an ability to exist, and therefore they would disintegrate. And it was not talking about a physical place, but the content of a place of an item is what's being masik, what's supporting the item. And if that's the case, if the Hashem is the Makoim Shalom, the simple shot would be Hashem is holding up the world. It's not where He is. There's no physical things by Hashem. It's conceptual. And therefore, Makoim conceptually means something which supports other things. That's the basis on which things can exist. And therefore, Hashem is the basis which causes the universe to exist. And says the Nefeshachayim, Yisrael, that's the basis of Emunus Yisrael. And that is that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is constantly maintaining the world. HaKadosh Baruch Hu is what causes the world to exist every second. And if for any given second Hashem would stop sustaining the world, would stop holding up the world, so to speak, it would disintegrate. Except, so one could say that the simple shot of Makom is the fact that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is like the Makom, and Hashem is what's sustaining the world. Except it's not completely accurate, like he's going to explain. And that is, Hashem is sustaining the world every second. Hashem is giving it as Koyach of Chiyos, and without that Koyach of Chiyos, it will disintegrate. But it's not coming from the outside. It's not that Hashem on the outside is holding up the world and so it gives us its Chiyos. It's coming exactly the opposite. 
It's coming from the inside. And he says, Hashem is considered the Neshama. Because just like the Gemara says, the Neshama is what gives life to the body. Sending a Kodesh Baruch is giving life to the world. But is literally, Hashem is giving life to the world and everything within the world every second. But how is Hashem doing that? And here's the Yasad. The Neshama gives life to the body from the inside. It comes into a person and from the inside it gives life to the body. And if that's the case, similarly here, when we talk about Hashem acting in a capacity to the world, which can be compared to the way that the Neshama acts to the body, it's coming from the inside. It's coming from the inside and from there it's being Mashbiyah And this is in everything which exists in the world. There's a good discussion in the Gemara in Sanhedrin and that is at what stage does the does the baby receive his neshama from conception or from birth? And the Gemara says it must be from conception because something can't live three days without rotting if it didn't have any force of life. Dead things disintegrate, decompose. And the, the only thing which keeps them in existence is the cash to life. And therefore, if you have you have an entity which is now living and developing even within the mother's stomach, but it has to have life, or else it would rot, or else it would disintegrate. And therefore we see that from the beginning of anything's creation, it already has to have a kasha to chayim. That's a question in the Gemara, and it says, it's in the Hadrin, v'chiyav shachatichas boss and gimel yamim, they won't disintegrate, they won't rot. There has to be chiyas and everything. Kain hu isparach shmoi hu levadoi chayo ilamim kolam. And therefore it's true. Hashem is the Chay Ha'ilamim in the fact and sense that Hashem is giving life constantly without stopping to everything. There's no such thing as life stopping and starting again. The whole concept of life is it's constant. But regular stops, the thing dies. And therefore, of course, Hashem is giving life without stop, always, to everything. But it's not from the outside that that's what it means Hashem is holding it up. It's from the inside. It's the Kayach within which gives life. Like the Nisham. We have this concept. And that's what brings from Pesach Eliyah also. There also, it talks about Hashem being a male, the whole Olam, giving Kriyos from the inside. And Chazal makes a comparison. That the way that Hashem sustains the world is similar to the way that Nisham sustains the body. That's a Gemara Barachas and Tafyod. And the Gemara there says, why does the Pasuk say, Barchi nafshi as Hashem? My nefesh should praise Hashem. Why not nefesh? Why not just say, Barchi as Hashem? I should praise Hashem. What's the comparison of the nefesh as being the means which praises Hashem? So it says, Man neshama meleya v'zana is karagov. Just like the neshama is filled, so to speak, and sustains the body from the inside. It's within a person, and from the inside, it's what's giving chiyos to the person. Hakadosh Baruch Hu also encompasses and gives life to everything, but that's from within. The spiritual dimension is within. is a, a deeper dimension. It's within the physical, and from within, that's where the chiyos comes. Anyway, therefore, to say that Hakadosh Baruch Hu sustains the entire world, and that without Hakadosh Baruch Hu, things would disintegrate, is 100 percent true. He said himself, that's the pinnacle in Israel. Hashem, like the Ramah explains, didn't create the world and abandon it. 
or give it its own uh, force which can run itself. Hashem is giving it the Koyach Achios every single second. That's Vatam but that's not necessarily coming from the Mokam. It's not coming from the outside that what's holding up the world, it's coming from the inside, that's in the Shama, so to speak, or the Koyach Achios, which is within everything that Hashem gives in order to maintain it. But, how are we going to explain this? As much as it's true, it's not accurate. There's something deeper conveyed in the concept of Makkah. And that's what he's going to tell us in the next parak. But understanding in depth this concept of Makkah is something bigger than this. Why? Because what we've said so far might be right, but it's not accurate. And that is, If you're going to talk about Hashem being the Makkah of the world, which means something which gives life and chios, existence to the world, it's still not accurate. It's nothing to do with the idea of something which holds up what's put in it. Why? Because in the case where you have something holding something up, for example, you have a book as it's holding svar. Without the book as it's svar would fall. So is the book as, so to speak, supporting the svar? Yes, it is. If you're going to say that's the demon to Hashem holding up the world, that it doesn't fall, doesn't disintegrate, it's still not, it's not a good demon. Why? Because if you're going back to the example of the book, it's holding the book. The book exists anyway. It's just that it needs something to hold it up, that it doesn't fall. So we have an existing book, and the book is there to hold up the book. And that's what Nefesh HaKham says in his language. If you're saying, does the book exist on itself? Yes, it does. And therefore, the place which it's on, the, the second object which is holding it up, is just preventing it from falling. But it's, it exists either way around. Same thing. Similarly, when we say that a person's neshama, which is an inside a person's body, and that's what's giving life to the body, we have two things. We have the body, and the fact that there's something which is giving it life. And if that's the case, we look at the person, a person has a body, it's something which exists in its own right, and therefore, even when the neshama leaves the body, so maybe the person is no longer alive, because the force of life has left, but it still exists, the body doesn't disintegrate, and therefore, it has a metis with the enemy is it doesn't cease to exist, even after the neshama leaves, and therefore, in both of these cases, whether it's on the outside like a Markham or on the inside like a Neshama, it's talking about giving life or giving support to an entity which already exists. The body exists. What's being held up by the Markham exists. And just it needs to be given the Koyach to act, given the Koyach of life. So that's two different things. On the Russian Vizar, it's like Eo and Chayahi, Earth and its life are separate. The body exists as a physical thing. The body can be alive. But life isn't intrinsic to the body because the body can also be dead. Which means it can exist in a way which is separate from that life. So that's as far as the marshal goes. And that's how it's going to explain it's not an accurate marshal. When it comes to the entire universe that Hashem created, so there isn't a universe which Hashem is giving life to. And if Hashem takes away the life, the universe will exist as a dead thing. It doesn't work like that. The very fact that it has existed any second is That's only because Hashem is giving everything existence. 
And if Hashem would take away the fact that He wants them to exist at any given second, it's not that they would die and exist in a different form. They wouldn't exist at all. There isn't something which exists and Hashem gives it life. Existence itself comes from Hashem. And without Hashem it wouldn't exist at all. And therefore, He's going to explain to us that to say Hashem is the Makam isn't really accurate. Because Makam seems to be something external, giving existence to something which there is. And over here by HaKadosh Baruch Hu, it's not that there's something which has to be given existence to. It's the existence itself. And therefore without Hashem, things wouldn't begin to exist. Things wouldn't, there would be nothing which is there. It would be Ayn Ve'etoyomamish, like he said. And therefore we have to understand that when Chazal said Hashem is a Makam, they wouldn't have just used a comparison which isn't completely accurate and doesn't convey properly what they're trying to say. And therefore, once again, this is what leads us to reveal the depth in the coal, to uncover the fire. And that is by using the word Makam, obviously Chazal had something else, something deeper in mind, which is why they chose this as, so to speak, the way that they're using it as the metaphor to describe Hashem. So what that is, we'll see in the next year, and then Hashem is going to explain to us what is a little bit of the depth of understanding this concept of Hashem being called a Makam. But as we saw today, we're going to see further, this is exploring concepts of Emunah. The Emunah that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is giving life the whole time, we now see it doesn't just apply to giving life to a world, it's Hashem is giving existence the whole time. And that's, there wouldn't be a world, there wouldn't be anything without that constant flow of Hashem's existence.